0: Good morning. As uh, Tim mentioned, today we will be be continuing our uh, mini-series, I guess, on uh, Psalms, the 46th chapter. So if you would, grab a Bible and turn to Psalms, the 46th chapter, and we'll read our text um, from there this morning, and, and we will have a... The, uh, the second part of this series, like I said, with a, with a sermon entitled, And Know That I Am God. So let's read Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged; the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Have you ever sat down and and thought how many things in your life are for certain? 100% certain. How many things you know are true beyond any shadow of, Of a doubt. If you sat down and you thought about it, it it might not be as many as you think. There are lots of things that we think are rock solid for certain, that we think will always be or that will always happen, but in reality, that might not be the case something that I do every week when I start work, you know, Monday morning I, I, I go into the office or I open up my computer and, and open up my calendar and I look to see, you know, sort of what's on the agenda for the week, meetings that I have, or things that I need to get done and those sorts of things. Because I like to know how the week is going to unfold, you know. And you know how many times my week actually happens like it's planned out on Monday morning. It never happens like I think it's going to happen. Things change. There was a time, and this is a bit of a confession for me, there was a time, admittedly, when I was much younger and uh, not as wise and as experienced, that, that I was certain that I wanted to attend a, a certain university in Austin, Texas. But eventually I grew up, I saw the error of my ways. I changed my direction. And I ended up going uh, to College Station for my my education. Something that I thought when I was young that was 100% certain was going to happen changed. Something I knew that I wanted ended up not being the case. You might think that you're pretty well off financially. You might think, you know what, I've got a great career going. I've been diligent about saving my money for retirement. The kids have plenty of money in their college funds. We've been smart with our money. We're all set, right? And then that company that, that you've worked for for so long decides that they don't need your services anymore. And the stock market takes a crash. Bills pile up. And you look at those investment accounts, you look at the stock market, you look at your 401k and those bank statements, and all of a sudden those riches that you thought that were for certain are gone. And you might think, you know, if you're a young person, you know, I've got my whole life ahead of me, right? I'm young, I've got my health, I've got decades and decades ahead of me. And then you're sitting in a doctor's office listening to him give you a diagnosis that you thought would never be you, or that car swerves over from the other side of the highway and hits you, and all of a sudden life isn't so certain. James 4 and verse 4 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. Life is uncertain in a lot of ways. But there are things that are certain about this life. I am certain when I walk into the house and I've been gone and Luke and John see me and they say, Dad, Dad, and they run up and they hug me and they want to play with me, I am certain that my sons love me. I am certain I know that God has blessed me with a wonderful wife that loves me. I know that she is much more beautiful and good-looking than any woman that I ever deserve for someone like me. That's right. Amen. (laughs) I am certain that I, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that if me or my family ever needed anything, that I could call on so many of you that are here this morning and you would be there for us in a heartbeat. And above all, as the Apostle Paul said, I know who I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Despite the changing circumstances of life, no matter how old I get, how much I age, no matter the circumstances of life, no matter what happens In this world, no matter what I go through, even if it seems like the world is changing or crumbling around me like the writer in Psalms talks about, I know that God is real and that He loves me. And that's the point of what the writer in Psalms 46 is talking about that we've been looking at the last week or two. Last week we went through, like I said, part one of this series with a sermon entitled, Be Still, we talked about the need to be still, to turn off the world, to realize our dependence on God, to let God communicate us to us through His Word, for us to communicate to God through prayer. And today we'll, we will be discussing the second part of this mini-series with a sermon entitled, And Know That I Am God. The writer says that we can know Not just that a higher being exists, but we can know God. Which leads to a very important question. Do you know God? And I don't mean, do you know that God exists? There are lots of people that believe in the existence of God, but don't know God. James says in second, James, the second chapter in the 19th verse, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So do you know God? Perhaps a better way to ask this question is, do you know God or, or, or are you just acquainted with God? There are lots of people in this world that I'm acquainted with that I don't really know. You might have met someone at some point, might have even spent some time with them, but that doesn't mean that you really know them. What if I told you that I know Troy Aikman? And you young people here in the audience are saying, who, who, who's Troy Aikman? And you older people here in the audience are saying, Jeff, no, you don't. You don't know Troy Aikman. And I would say, yeah, I I do. I know him. I know all about him. He was the first-round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys in 1989. He played for the Cowboys for 11 or 12 years. He won three Super Bowls. I even bought a truck from him. My very first truck I purchased from Troy Aikman. I got his autograph at Troy Aikman Ford in 75 and Royal, I think is where it was at, there in North Dallas. I know Troy Aikman. And you would look at me and you would say, that's different, Jeff. You don't know him. You might know facts about him. You might have spent time watching him play football. You might have visited, visited his car dealership and, and bought a truck from him. You might know about him, but that doesn't mean that you have a relationship with him, that you're friends, that you really actually know the person. That's different. What about our relationship with God? Do we know God? Do we have a relationship with Him? Or do we just know about God? It is entirely possible that you come to this church building every time the doors are open, that you have sat through a thousand sermons, you have sung a million songs and even done lots of good things in your life, lived a nice, quiet life, and not know God. Sure, you might know a few things about God. You might know that God exists. No, He wants you to do a few things and still not have a relationship with him and know him. And how sad would it be one day when you stand before God and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. So you might be thinking, hopefully, I don't want that to happen, Jeff. I don't want to stand before God and for him to tell me I don't know you. So Jeff, how can I know for certain that I know God? And thankfully, God doesn't leave us in the dark about that. We can be certain, we can know that we know God, if that makes sense. And we can know, we can be certain by looking at His Word. And in His Word, there are a couple of indicators that we have been given to see if we know God. Some questions that we can ask ourselves to see if we know God or if we're just acquainted with Him. The first of those is, are you seeking to follow the Word of God? Are you seeking to follow the Word of God? Last week, we talked quite a bit about the necessity of being still and spending time communicating with God, talking to Him through prayer and letting Him communicate to us through His Word. When we talked about that, I hope that you examined your life and really thought about if you are doing that. But I will take that a step further this morning and say that I hope that you just aren't studying the Word of God or the Bible from an academic standpoint. But that you are allowing the Word of God to inform your heart and your mind and your body and your spirit On how to live your life and how to have a relationship with Him, how to know Him. John, the eighth chapter, verses 31 and 32 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. When you look at your life, do you see? an honest and sincere effort to continue in His Word. That is more. That isn't, like I said, just learning facts about God. It isn't just learning trivia or learning history. It is living a life that aligns with the Word of God. And if you are doing that, then you can begin to say that you know God. Matthew, the 7th chapter, verses 21 through 23, says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. How sad would it be to stand before God and hear those words? I never knew you. I pray that we're all striving to know God by following His Word. The second question that you should ask yourself to see if you know God is are you allowing sin to dominate your life? And this goes hand in hand with the last question. But when you look at your life, are you allowing sin to rule your heart and your mind? 1 John, the third chapter and the sixth verse says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. 1 John, the first chapter and the sixth verse says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. John says that if we are walking in darkness, if we are living a life of sin, we do not know God. So does that mean that if we commit a sin, that we don't know God? That we've fallen from grace, that we're no longer in a relationship with Him? Absolutely not. That is not what John is saying. If that were the case, no one here, especially me, could say that they have a relationship with God. I sin every single day, multiple times a day. I am a sinner who unfortunately goes against the word of God. But that isn't what John is talking about. Instead, walking in darkness is when you have rejected God and you have rejected His Word. When you have made the decision, you know what? I don't care what the Word of God says. I don't care what the Bible says that I need to do in my life. I don't care what God tells me that I'm supposed to do and what He tells me I'm not supposed to do. I don't care I'm going to live my life I'm going to be me, and I'm going to do what I want with my life. I'm not going to repent. I'm not going to change. I'm going to do what I want. And folks, if that is your heart, you better think real hard about you and your relationship with God. If you are allowing sin to dominate your life, and you have rejected His Word, you are in grave danger of hearing those words, depart from me, I never knew you. The third indicator that we can look at to see if we know God is do you love the brethren? John 4, verses 6-8 through says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth, in the spirit of air beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and knoweth god he that loveth not knoweth not god for god is love john says that everyone that loves is born of god and knows god he says let us love one another do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you serve your brothers and sisters in Christ? When they need a shoulder to cry on, when they need someone to hug their neck, when they need someone to, to help them, are you there to serve them? Or do you show up on Sunday morning for your hour or hour and a half of prayer time with God? Do you sit in the pew for a little bit and then go on with the rest of your life? Or instead of loving your brother, do you gossip about him? Do you go around and and think evil about them? Or do you love your brothers? Because that is a way that we can be certain that we know God. And once we know God, once we have a healthy relationship with them, we are able to enjoy all of the blessings that are found only in the body of Christ. Blessings that only come from God. And some of those blessings are are assurances in, in the knowledge and confidence that we have in some of the facts that we found in our text that we read this morning. So for the rest of our time here this this morning, I want to very quickly notice five things that we know that are true because of our relationship with God, because we know God. The first of those is we know that when the world is crumbling around us, that God is there for us. When the world is crumbling around us, God is there for us. Look back at Psalms, the 46th chapter, verses 1 through 3. The writer says that even when the earth is crumbling, when the mountains are shaking and the waters are rough, that God is our hiding place and our source of strength. He is our help in times of trouble. And there are times in all of our lives that it seems like the world around us is crumbling. Times of loss, times of hurt, times of pain, times of of death and disease. Times when it seems like nothing can go right. And, And one of those times where, like we talked a little bit about last time, where things just keep coming one after another over and over and over again. During those times, be still, like we talked about last time, and know that when the world is crumbling around us, God is there for us. He's there to provide for our needs. He's there to listen to our prayers. He's there to love us and care for us far better than we can even imagine. Ephesians, the third chapter, verses 19 through 21, says, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And that leads to the second thing that we can know. And that is God is on his throne. God is on his throne. Again, look back at Psalms 46, verses 4 and 5. The writer talks about the holy place of the Most High, how that no matter what is happening, the mountains crumbling, the world shaking, the waters roaring, that God is not moved. No matter what is happening around us, no matter what is happening in the world, God is on his throne. That was especially important for the early church to remember. Imagine the first, what the first century Christians endured. Tremendous persecution. Far beyond what we can appreciate or, or, or imagine, especially at the hands of the Roman Empire. Christians were murdered in the, the thousands on a daily basis. And to those Christians, I'm sure at times it must have felt like the world was crumbling and the mountains were shaking. So when John writes the Revelation letter, what did he say that he saw? We won't take time to go back and read it, but if you look at Revelations, the fourth chapter, John sees God sitting on his throne. He was reminding those early Christians that no matter what is happening, God is on his throne. And we would do well to remember that today. I think in the world today, there is an overwhelming sense of doom and gloom It doesn't matter what tragedy you face. It doesn't matter what you see on the news. It doesn't matter who's in Austin. It doesn't matter who's in Washington because God is on His throne. And because God is there for us when the world is crumbling and because we know that God is on His throne, we can know the third thing. And that is God is in control. Verses 8 and 9 of Psalms 46 in our text this morning speaks about the works of God and how He makes wars to cease. The writer is speaking about the providence of God. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter, in the first verse says, For all this I considered in my heart even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. If you look at Acts, the 17th chapter, Let's turn over to Acts, the 17th chapter. I want to read a passage from there this morning. Acts, the 17th chapter. Verses 22 through 28. It says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything, seeing He giveth to all life, and breath, and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him, and find Him though He not be not far from every one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. Solomon says that our works are in the hand of God. Paul tells the Athenians at Mars Hill that God is the creator of all things and that we can draw close to him and we can know him and that we have our life and being and movement from him. His providential care is all around and that we serve an all-powerful God over and over again in the Scriptures, we see example after example of the omniscience and the omnipresence and the providence of God. God has a plan for creation. God has a plan for His people and His church. And God's purpose and His plan for His creation will be carried out. Because even if the world is crumbling around us and it seems like the mountains are falling down, and that the world is is changing and, and bad things are happening. God is on his throne, and he is in control. And because he is on his throne, and because God is in control, we can know the fourth thing that I want for us to notice from the text. And that is God will be glorified. God will be glorified look back at sort of the theme verse of this mini-series in the 10th verse of Psalms 46. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. When we look at the world and we look at how messed up things can be sometimes, remember, That in the end, God will be glorified. No matter how confusing things can be, no matter how hard things can be, no matter how difficult life seems sometimes, no, in the end, God will be glorified. His purpose will be carried out and God will be glorified. Romans, the 14th chapter, and the 11th verse says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Philippians, the second chapter, verses 9 through 10. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. There is coming a day when every single soul will stand before God and every person that has ever lived will face their Creator. And in that day, God will be glorified. Remember, as children of God, we know how the story ends God wins, He will be glorified. God wins the war against sin and against Satan. The question for you today is, which side of the battle will you fight on? Will you know God and glorify Him? Or will one day you see God and be told, depart from me, I never knew you. I pray that not be the case. And we choose to join God on the winning side and remember that He will be glorified. God will be exalted. And the last thing that I want for us to notice this morning, the last thing that we can know because of our relationship with God is that we can know that we have been saved from our sins we can know that we can be saved that we have been saved from our sins sin causes a separation in our relationship with god the sin in our lives if we don't deal with it breaks our relationship with god and if you don't deal with the sin in your life according to god's plan for salvation one day, you will hear those words, I never knew you. But thanks be to God that He sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And in His Word, He has told us what we need to do to be saved from our sins. Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, verses 33-34 through 34 says, "...but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write in their hearts." and will be their god and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the lord for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them saith the lord for i will forgive their iniquity and i will remember their sin no more 1 john the 5th chapter and the 13th verse says these things have i have i written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. John says that we can know that we have eternal life. He doesn't say that we, can, that we suspect that we might have eternal life. He doesn't say that, that, that we can wish that we have eternal life. He says that we can know, we can know that we have eternal life. And there are so many people, there are some here this morning perhaps, that walk around this life in a state of spiritual doubt. Whether it's because of them not knowing what God's Word says or not following what God's Word says, or maybe it's Satan tempting you with with doubt and fear for whatever reason. So many people walk around this life in a state of spiritual doubt and wonder and fear. And they, and they don't know if they have the right relationship with God. And I'm here, here to tell you this morning, you don't have to live life like that anymore. You don't have to live in doubt anymore. You can know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. Amen. And all you have to do is to do what the Word of God says. And the word of God says that you need to allow your faith to move you to repent of your sins and that you need to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you need to submit your life to him in baptism. And if you will do that and you will rise in newness of life and follow God and follow his word for your life, you can know that you have eternal life. Perhaps you've never done that and you'd like to do that this morning. We'd be happy to do that. You can come forward and, and a brother here will, will help you this morning. Perhaps your your relationship with God is struggling and you don't feel like you, you're in the right relationship with God and you'd like the prayers of the church here this morning. We could do that also. If there's anything we can do for you, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.